On March 11th, we commemorate St. Sophronius, Patriarch of Jerusalem, St. Euthymius, Bishop of Novgorod, the higher martyrs Pionius and Limnus of Smyrna, and those with them, Asclepiades, Macedonia, and Sabina. The translation of the relics of the martyr Epimachus of Pelusia, St. Sophronius, Bishop of Vracha, Bulgaria, and Venerable Sophronius, the recluse of the Kiev Caves. St. Sophronius, Patriarch of Jerusalem, was born in Damascus around 560. From his youth, he was distinguished for his piety and his love for classical studies. He was especially proficient in philosophy, and as so, he was known as Sophronius the Wise. The future hierarch, however, sought the true philosophy of monasticism and conversations with the desert dwellers. He arrived in Jerusalem at the monastery of St. Theodosius, and there he became close with the hierarch John Moscus becoming his spiritual son and submitting himself to him in obedience. They visited several monasteries, writing down the lives and spiritual wisdom of the ascetics they met. From these notes emerged their renowned book, The Lemonarion, or Spiritual Meadow, which was highly esteemed at the Seventh Ecumenical Council. To save themselves from the devastating incursions of the Persians, Saints John and Sophronios left Palestine and went to Antioch, and from there they went to Egypt. In Egypt, St. Sophronius became seriously ill. During this time, he decided to become a monk and was tonsured by St. John Moscus. After St. Sophronius recovered his health, they both decided to remain in Alexandria. There, they were received by the Holy Patriarch John the Merciful, commemorated on November 12th, to whom they rendered great aid in the struggle against the Monophysite heresy. At Alexandria, St. Sophronius had an affliction of the eyes, and he turned with prayer and faith to the holy and mercenary Cyrus and John, commemorated on January 31st. And he received healing in a church named for them. In gratitude, St. Sophronius then wrote the lives of these holy unmercenaries. When the barbarians began to threaten Alexandria, Patriarch John, accompanied by St. Sophronius and John Moscos, set out for Constantinople, but he died along the way. Saints John Moscos and Sophronius then set out for Rome with 18 other monks. St. John Moscus died at Rome. His body was taken to Jerusalem by St. Sophronius and buried at the monastery of St. Theodosius. In the year 628, Patriarch Zacharias of Jerusalem, 609-633, returned from his captivity in Persia. After his death, the Patriarchal throne was occupied for two years by St. Modestus, December 18th. After the death of St. Modestus, St. Sophronius was chosen Patriarch. St. Sophronius told much for the welfare of the Jerusalem Church as its primate from 634 to 644. Toward the end of his life, St. Sophronius and his flock lived through a two-year siege of Jerusalem by the Muslims. Worn down by hunger, the Christians finally agreed to open the city gates on the condition that the enemy spare the holy places. But this condition was not fulfilled, and St. Sophronius died in grief over the desecration of the Christian holy places. Written works by Patriarch Sophronius have come down to us in the area of dogmatics, and likewise his excurses on the liturgy, the life of St. Mary of Egypt, commemorated on April 1st, and also about 950 troparia and stikeras from Pascha to the Ascension. While still a hieromonk, St. Sophronius reviewed and made corrections to the rule of the monastery of St. Sava the Sanctified, commemorated on December 5th. The saints' three canons for the holy 40-day great fast are included in the contemporary Lenten Theodium. 
St. Euthymius in baptism John was born in answer to the fervent prayers of the presbyter Mika and his wife Anna. For many years they had been childless, and they vowed that if they had a son, they would dedicate him to God. The boy read priestly books and frequently attended church services, often helping his father in the small church of St. Theodore. All this sanctified young John's soul. In the year 1411, he left his parental home for a monastery at the age of 15. Twelve versts from Novgorod in a wilderness spot named Vyazvich, three monks, Euphrosinus, Ignatius, and Galacteon, settled in the forests and the swamps. They were soon joined by the priest Pimen, who was tonsured with the name Pahomius. Here they lived in complete solitude at a wooden chapel they built in honor of St. Nicholas. They lived in unceasing prayer and struggled with the severe conditions of nature in the northern regions. The young John also came to these ascetics seeking salvation. The Egumen Pachomius accepted him fondly and tonsured him into monasticism with the name Euthemius. His tonsure at such a young age is an indication of the young ascetic's outstanding spiritual traits. During this time, the See of Novgorod was occupied by Archbishop Simeon, a simple monk who became a hierarch. The virtuous life of St. Euthemius became known to the Archbishop. St. Euthemius was summoned to Novgorod, and after a long talk with Archbishop Simeon, he was appointed as the Archbishop's steward. At that time, the Archbishops of Novgorod occupied a unique position. Independent of princely authority, they were elected directly by the Assembly, and they assumed a large role in secular matters. Moreover, they administered vast land holdings. Under these conditions, an archbishop's steward had to combine administrative talent with the utmost non-covetousness and deep Christian humility. St. Euthemius fervently entreated the archpastor to send him back to Vyazicht, but then he agreed to stay. St. Euthemius evoked general astonishment and esteem, occupying such an important position and being at the center of business life in a large city. As a monk, he devoted himself to asceticism as fervently as he would have done in the deep forest. Archbishop Simeon died in 1421. Under the new hierarch, Euthemius I, St. Euthemius again withdrew to his monastery. Soon, however, the monks of a monastery on Lysish Hill chose the saint as their egumen. With the death of Archpastor Euthemius I in 1429, St. Euthemius was then chosen as Archbishop. On November 29th, he entered into the Temple of St. Sophia, for four years, the saint administered the Novgorod Diocese, while putting off being installed as Archbishop. Only on May 24, 1434, was he consecrated at Smolensk by Metropolitan Gerasimus. St. Euthemius wisely governed his diocese for 29 years. Zealous in fulfilling his archpastoral duty, St. Euthemius labored in constructing and restoring churches, especially after the devastating fires of the years 1431 and 1442. The Sophia Cathedral was richly embellished by the saint, and several new churches were built in the Novgorod Kremlin. If you wish to see a few of his great works, writes Pahomius, the Logothete, go to the Temple of St. Sophia. There, you will see the churches he built, standing like hillocks. They speak of their very charm, not with words, but in deed. This was given me by Archbishop Euthemius, proclaims one church. Another says, He has adorned me so magnificently. A third exclaims, He built me up from the very foundations. The church of St. John Chrysostom, tall and beautiful, blesses with the hand of Chrysostom, and proclaims, Since you have built me a temple, I in turn shall entreat the Creator to prepare a habitation in heaven for you. The Cathedral of the Wisdom of God, speaking across the years of its restoration by him, proclaims, He has restored me to my original grandeur. He has adorned me with holy icons. 
He is my praise and beauty. St. Euthymius built also a church in honor of his guardian angel, the Russian idiom for patron saint. And in 1438, he built a stone church at Vyazichitsk Monastery in honor of St. Nicholas. The following year, he built a stone church in honor of St. John the Theologian with a trapeza and consistory. Zealous for the glory of God, St. Euthymius had more spiritual books printed. Many service books survive from this period transcribed under the authority of Archbishop Euthymius. Despite his abundant works, the saint always promptly fulfilled the monastic rule. Whatever he could not do by day, he accomplished by night. An hour before Mans, the saint rose up for his cell rule. He often spent the whole night without sleep, and he wore chains. But no one knew about them until his death. The saint spent the first week of Great Lent at Vyazitsk Monastery in silent prayer, eating nothing. In 1446, the great princely throne was usurped by Shemyaka, who established relations with Novgorod. The political situation in Novgorod was often quite strained. In 1451, St. Jonah, on March 31st, in a special letter, urged the people of Novgorod to cease the rowdiness and to heed the archpastor. Heed our son and brother, your father and teacher, the God-beloved Archbishop Euthymius, in all things. St. Euthymius, advanced in age, was troubled in soul that the actions of Shemyaka might cast a pall over his relations with the revered primate, and he sent a letter to St. Jonah. Sensing the nearness of his death, St. Euthymius asked his prayers and pardon. In his reply, a letter of pardon, St. Jonah wrote, We remind you, my son, that you comported yourself too simply. You accepted one who was excommunicated from his transgressions by our holy humility and found him worthy of your blessing. My son, offer repentance to God for this. St. Jonah ordered that if the letter of pardon should arrive after the blessed end of Novgorod's archpastor, then it should be read over his grave. St. Euthymius reposed on March 10th, 1458. The priest Eumenius, sent by St. Jonah, with a grand mota of pardon, arrived in Novgorod 16 days after the death of St. Euthymius, whose grave was at the church of the Vyazitsk Monastery. When they opened the grave in order to read the letter of pardon, they then saw that the body of the saint showed no sign of decay. St. Euthymius lay there as though asleep, and his fingers were positioned for a blessing. God preserve Novgorod, for which St. Euthymius prays, exclaimed Eumenius. Reading the letter of St. Jonah, he placed it into the hand of the deceased hierarch. Soon after the death of the saint, the Lord glorified him by working miracles for those who sought his prayerful intercession. Greatly revering the saint, the monks of the Vyazitsk monastery built a church in honor of St. Euthymius, which was noted in the census of 1500. The commemoration of St. Euthymius was established at the Moscow Council of 1549. The life of St. Euthymius was written by Pachomius the Logothete, having been commissioned by St. Jonah, Archbishop of Novgorod, commemorated on November 5th. The Hierom Martyrs Pionius and Limnus and the Martyrs Sabina, Macedonia, and Ascapiades suffered during the persecution of Christians in the reign of Decius 249-251. They suffered at Smyrna, a mercantile city on the eastern shores of the Aegean Sea. The church in Smyrna was founded by the Holy Apostle John the Theologian, commemorated on May 8th and September 26th, and was made glorious by its martyrs and confessors. St. Pionius knew that he and his companions would be arrested on February 23rd, the anniversary of St. Polycarp's martyrdom, and a feast day for the Christians of Smyrna. The day before they were arrested, St. Pionius entertained Asclepiades and Sabina in his house, 
Taking three lengths of woven chains, St. Pionius placed them around his neck and around the necks of the other two. He did this to show that they were all determined to be let off the prison rather than eat food sacrificed to idols. The holy confessors were indeed arrested on February 23rd. After a brief interrogation, they were dragged off by Polemon the Verger in order to sacrifice the idols and eat forbidden foods. They were brought to the forum where a great crowd had gathered. St. Pionius addressed the people, chiding them for laughing and rejoicing at those Christians who had agreed to offer sacrifice. He quoted Homer to the pagans, Odyssey 22:412, and said that it was shameful to gloat over those who were about to die. He reminded the Jews in the audience of the words of Solomon, If your enemy falls, do not rejoice over him, and do not be glad when he stumbles. Proverbs 24.17 Polemon attempted once again to persuade Pionius to obey the law and offer sacrifice to the idols. If only I could persuade you to become Christians, he replied. The men laughed at him, saying that he did not have the power to do that, because they knew they would be burned alive if they converted. St. Pionius said, It is far worse to burn after death. St. Sabina laughed when she heard this. Then Polymon threatened to put her in a brothel, but she said she believed that God would protect her. Under questioning, St. Pionius stated repeatedly that he was a Christian and could not sacrifice to the emperor or to the idols. Before Polymon came to Sabina to question her, St. Pionius told her to say that her name was Theodette. This he did so that she would not be returned to her former mistress, Polita, an immoral woman. In an effort to turn her from Christ, Polita had bound St. Sabina and cast her out on the mountains. She was secretly helped by the brethren and hid in St. Pionius' house most of the time. That is how she came to be arrested. St. Sabina and Asknepiades were questioned, and they said they were Christians who worshipped Jesus Christ. Then they were thrown into jail. In prison, St. Pionius and his companions met Limnus, a priest of the Church of Smyrna, and his wife, Macedonia, from the village of Karim. They had also been imprisoned for confessing Christ. Many believers visited the holy confessors in prison, offering them whatever they could, but the saints did not accept it. The jailers were angry because they used to keep a portion of the gifts given to prisoners for themselves. The holy martyrs were brought to the marketplace and were urged to offer sacrifice. When they refused, they were taken back to prison. On the way, they were beaten and mocked by the crowd. Someone sent to St. Sabina, why can you have died in your own city? St. Sabina retorted, What is my native city? Tarentius, who was in charge of the gladiatorial game, said to Asclepiades, After you are condemned, I shall ask that you compete in the games given by my son. That does not scare me, he said. After many torments, the holy martyr was brought to the amphitheater on March 11, 250, since he still refused to offer sacrifice to the idols. St. Pionius was sentenced to be burned alive. He was nailed to a cross. Then they stacked wood around him and lit the fire. When the fire subsided, everyone saw the body of the saint was unharmed. Not even the hairs of his head had been signed. His face was radiant and shone with divine grace. After his victory in the contest, St. Pionius received an incorruptible crown of glory from the Savior Christ. St. Pionius transcribed the martyrdom of St. Polycarp of Smyrna, commemorated on February 23rd, from an older copy made by Socrates or Socrates in Corinth. This document in turn was transcribed from an earlier manuscript written by Gaius and was based on the recollections of St. Irenaeus of Lyons commemorated on August 23rd, who knew St. Polycarp. St. Polycarp appeared to Pionius in a vision telling him to search for the text of Isocrates. St. Pionius 
collected the material which was nearly worn out with age, thus preserving the account for later generations. Now St. Pionius rejoices in the heavenly kingdom, glorifying the life-creating trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit throughout all ages. The holy martyr Epimachus of Alexandria was a native of Egypt. For a long time he lived in seclusion on Mount Pelusium. During a persecution against Christians at Alexandria, about the year 250, Saint Epimachus, in his fervent zeal, came into the city, destroyed pagan idols, and fiercely confessed Christ. For this the saint was put to torture. Among the people watching the torture was a woman who was blind in one eye. A drop of blood from the martyr healed her infirmity. After fierce tortures, the saint was beheaded by the sword. Today we commemorate the translation of the relics of Saint Epimachus. Saint Sophronius, the hermit of the caves, was an ascetic of the far caves, the Theodosia of caves, during the 13th century. The saint wore a hair shirt and a heavy iron belt and read through the entire Psalter every day. <laughs>